Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. So IXL Learning is a multi-subject online program for kids, and it's used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. 14 million students use it. And if you have kids who are trying to get ahead or if they're struggling with certain subjects or studying for a test that's coming up, IXL is this personalized learning tool that you can use to help kids learn what they need to learn faster. And they have programs K through 12, so there's something for every level. And some of my nieces and nephews have been homeschooled, and so my family has used tools like this to supplement curriculum or to brush up or to sharpen skills. IXL Learning has won tons of awards, and so many students have benefited from it. So make an impact on your child's learning, get IXL now. And Ologies listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Ologies. So visit IXL.com slash Ologies to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Oh, hey, it's the pigeon staring at you on your lunch break while you eat a salad. Hallie Ward, back with another episode Apologies. So if you listened to the last two episodes, you may now have quite a handle on the U.S. Constitution. What did you do while you listened? Did you work on a macrame project? Did you drive through Kentucky? Did you watercolor a picture of a fish? Maybe you cleaned a toilet. I kind of hope you cleaned a toilet because it's apt for upcoming elections. And also this episode will no joke get you pumped about glistening ceramic and crisp linen. So dust off your brain webs. Let's get fresh. Okay, but before I do, first off, thank you everyone who has told another living person about Ologies. Thanks to everyone wearing Ologies merch from ologiesmerch.com. Thanks to all the folks on Patreon who submit questions and to all the folks who have rated Ologies and subscribed and kept it up in the charts and who have left reviews for me to read by flickering lamplight when I feel vulnerable, such as Pam Runs Happy, who said, if you've ever made loved ones, wait, while you looked under one more rock or walked around one more corner or read one more placard, you have found a home at Ologies. It is the siblinghood of enthusiastic learners. Pam, thank you much, Lee, from old Pappy Dad Ward. I'm here to give you some weird facts and puns and make you pancakes on Saturdays. And tell you about why mopping floors is a great science experiment. Let's get into it. So, disinfectiology. Once again, I did not make this up. It is not a commonly used word. It is a word that exists, but apparently only in Russia, by one college where there is a disinfectiology program at some Moscow university. But it exists, okay? So we're going with it, because this chemist has spent over a decade figuring out how bleach works. Here's the deal. I got an email from Clorox up in the Bay Area, my old stomping grounds, and they were like, hey, we're inviting some science communicators to tour our research labs. You want to come learn what the funk bleach is, and I thought, what the funk is bleach? And heck yeah. And suddenly, there I was, in a lab coat and goggles, smelling things and watching laundry under black lights, living every social media influencer's dream. Well, it was my dream. 
and I had just agreed to post a few hashtag sponsored photos, but the facts were so great that I brought my equipment along in case I could record. But this scientist was busy sciencing and touring us around. So we got on the horn when I got back to LA and I had him record into his phone memo app and it sounds pretty dang decent. And we talked all about things that I didn't even learn in the facility, but I really wanted you guys to know. So chemistry fans, clean freaks, history buffs, folks who are on a Marie Kondo kick months later and still want sparkling surroundings. Anyone interested in potable water in emergencies or what's in the pool you're swimming in? Or anyone right now who may be staring out of a train window is wondering, what is bleach? What is it? Snap on some rubber gloves and get ready to fill your buckets with the perfect ratio of everyday helpful hints and some bizarre science facts with a senior scientist and technically disinfectiologist, Dr. Evan Rumberger. Is it Dr. Evan Rumberger? It is, yes. That's what I figured. <laughs> and now you are, would you call yourself a chemist? Yeah, I'm, I'm a chemist, chemist by trading. Um, I have a PhD in chemistry. Mm -hmm. And now where did you where did you study? Can you give me a little bit of your scholastic background? Like, yeah, what, sure. What did you study where? So I, um, I began, um, I did my graduate work down at the University of California at San Diego. My work down there was about kind of a, a mix of physical and inorganic chemistry, which actually has some overlap with the, some of the work I'm doing right now in some very indirect ways, but I think they're, they're relevant. And after getting my PhD, I moved to back to the Bay Area, a native California, was born in, born in Oakland, and did a postdoc at uh, UC Berkeley slash uh, Lawrence Berkeley Labs on uh, alternative energy work there. So Evan, Bay Area born, got his bachelor's and his PhD in chemistry from UC San Diego and then headed back up to Berkeley for his postdoc, studying the sunlight gathering and oxidation of plants. Now, there are probably a lot of people in Berkeley right now whispering into a house plant. You're eating light. What is up with that? How do you do it? But Evan was doing it in a lab. My work at Berkeley was um, trying to make synthetic analogs of the um, the chemical in um, something called photosystem two. This 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 part of the the leaf that can that does some of the chemistry dirty work of of the energy gathered by sun. So what I was attempting to do as, as a postdoc, what I was making some progress on was how to make these more natural kind of alternatives to what's used in industry to electrolyze water. Well, electrolysis can mean two things. One is running direct electrical current through a liquid or a solution that has ions in it. What are ions? Ions are just names for atoms or molecules. A molecule is made up of atoms, not a big deal, that have some electrical charge. So electrons have a negative charge. Protons have a positive one. So when this number isn't equal, you have a charged ion. And a cation is positively charged. If you have a positive reaction to cats, this is easy to remember. And an anion is negatively charged. Think an antagonist. So when you take two electrodes and run a current through the solution, the negative ions will be attracted to the cathode, with the opposite charge. Hmm. 
What else can electrolysis mean? How does it relate to mustache hairs? Well, it can mean running a tiny electrical current via a needle in a hair shaft to kill the root of the hair cell. Do I have a couple that could benefit from this? Probably. That's none of your business. Does anyone want an electrologist on the show? Because I kind of do. P.S. If you're in Seattle and you're looking for an electrologist, you can look up a place called ZipZap. The owner is named Jake and is an ologite. So perhaps next time I'm up in Seattle, electrologist Jake will let me ask them questions. This mention will probably surprise them. Hi! Anyway, where were we? Chemistry. Uh, Water is something that is looked at as a potential energy storage system to generate hydrogen. And um, I was use, oh. I was generate making these catalysts um, that would help uh, make that. Now the idea was to make that 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 process a little bit more economically feasible. And industrially, that work is done with things like platinum and other really precious metals. And you know, if you want to make ground um, headway and you know, and and alternative energy, you need to be able to get scale as opposed to just getting. You know, laboratory bench stuff, and that you need to remove some cost out of it. So, we turn to nature and try to get, um, you know, see how nature does it, and try to mimic that synthetically, and work from there. What does all this science have to do with your sexy crisp duvet cover? As it turns out, that's actually kind of my connection to, to Clorox. It seems like kind of a roundabout. Or how do you go from doing like alternative energy research to 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 working on bleach? Um, it's a little mm-hmm. bit kind of indirectly connected to how bleach is made. The um, work I was doing as a postdoc is is actually what you don't want to do when you're when you're making bleach. You want to prevent the reaction of oxidizing water um, so that you can productively oxidize the salt that's in the water to to make bleach. And so, you know, it's like understanding something upside down is just as good as understanding it upside up. And so that I got recruited off of the UC Berkeley campus and. I've been at at, uh, Clorox ever since that moment 11 years ago, working on bleach. That salt is NaCl, sodium chloride, which is table salt. Wait a second. Wait a second. You know that I just realized right now that Clorox comes from chloride? Like, right now? (laughs) How did I never know that before? Oh my god. I think I told you this before in a post-credit secret, but... I also thought U-Haul was a Hawaiian company called Yahoo! before I realized it just meant U-Haul. Also, a lot of people think unicorns are real extinct creatures and narwhals are fantasy whales. So let's all just be gentle with each other, okay? And so how is bleach made? How is hydrolysis involved? And what is hydrolysis? Yeah, so so how it works is... Um it starts with really just two ingredients. Um, that is sodium chloride um, and, and electricity. And what happens is um, in passing electricity through a water solution of sodium chloride, you oxidize the chloride to chlorine. Um, and that's one of the, the first ingredients that's made. Secondly, that chlorine is reacted directly with sodium hydroxide lye. And the two come together to make sodium hypochlorite. Um, so it starts from salt mm-hmm. water, electricity to make chlorine. That chlorine reacts with that, that caustic lye, the same thing that's used to make soaps and other things and like, you know, soap, soap boiling methods. And that combines to make mm-hmm. the NaOCl, the sodium, the sodium hypochlorite. 
Woo, buckle up for a debunk because Evan has a myth to bust. There is no chlorine in, in chlorine bleach. Um, that's kind of a misnomer and really one of those terminology things. It's all sodium hypochlorite that's in there. Although uh, chlorine is used in its, in its production as part of electrolyzing the, um, the salt water, there is no chlorine in it. I had no idea. Now, is there chlorine in chlorine pools? Yeah. Or is it the same thing? You know, it's it's one of those things. Because chlorine is one of those things that brings in a bunch of bad stuff. Um, the analogy I like to use is like, mm-hmm. you know, water. Most people think of, you know, no water is H2O, right? And then there's oxygen gas, mm-hmm. O2. Um, you know, water has oxygen in it. But oxygen is a totally different thing that we breathe. You know, if you breathe water, you're in trouble. If you breathe too much oxygen, you get in trouble as well, yeah. too. But it's necessary for life. But it's, it's how those things connect together that really make the chemical special. So like in, in Clorox, bleach has got sodium hypochlorite. So the chlorine is, is attached to oxygen in a similar way that like hydrogen is attached to ox- oxygen and water. It changes everything. So to recap, electrolysis turns salt water, H2O plus NaCl, that becomes sodium hypochloride, NaClO, household bleach. There you go. Now, as long as we're talking basics, let's talk basics. So the pH scale ranges from 0 to 14, with acids on the low end and bases on the high end. So bleach is around 12.6. Your blood is about 7.6. What's lemon juice? Around 2.2. Battery acid? Oh, Nelly, that's a 0.3. So anyone identifying as a smelly person has heard probably the age-old ads for an antiperspirant that is pH balanced for their swampy armpits and been like, sure, whatever deodorant. But how about this alkaline water trend that claims to fix cancer and even more importantly, make your zits disappear? Well, I looked into it and most people in lab coats, I would wager 99.9% have debunked this, pointing out that your stomach is a slimy pillowcase containing an acid bath. So any alkaline water you drink from the shelves, A, is usually mislabeled and is much less alkaline than promised, and B, it gets nixed pretty quick by your simmering gastric contents. Anyway, water, salt, electrolysis, bleach. Did you always love chemistry? Were you the type of person that was setting things on fire yeah (laughs) you caught me (laughs) you caught me i think um (laughs) yeah it's um i i I, (laughs) you know the little strapping uh firecrackers to gi joes and you know seeing what the magnifying glass will do (laughs) in the sunlight um to to plastics and things like that um yeah At what point were you like, I, how could I turn this into a PhD and a job with a lab coat? Did you <laughs> I, kind of always know like a chemist was going to be your deal? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of already, I, I kind of um, always known that. It's, it's just been my passion. I could probably trace it back to you know some high school teachers. Um, I think I remember very, very distinctly, like you know. Um, having a, a class discussion, I think it might have been physics or chemistry. I'm not sure what they kind of blend together, but I, I remember being really, really fascinated with why water is clear. Why can you look through it? Why can't you look through your desk the way the same way you can look through water? And it was just completely blown away with the fact that with the, the feedback I got from the teachers is, Evan, you can predict that. I was like, what? How can you predict that? That just seems so wow. mysterious um, to me. It's like mm-hmm. science to me is is like it's almost like it's almost like a magic trick. You know, it's you know how things work. You can kind of put things together and create some really awesome things. Let's back up a sec. We have a smart people and I have a stupid question. 
Why is water clear? Oh. Is that easy to explain? Yeah, it's it's actually you know that's one of those questions um, that is it's always it, th- th- those real fundamental questions are 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 are, are the best ones because th- they really get at the root of things. Like I've got my my two daughters, you know, they're they're asking like why is the sky blue? You know, th- those things are like really tough questions that that um, mm-hmm. took a lot of really science to kind of get the root of it. Water is clear because it absorbs light in part of the spectrum your eyeballs can't see. Um, just like the, your desk absorbs light in the part of the spectrum your eyeballs can't see. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like to me in high school, that was just like blew me away. And like, I'm hooked. I want science. You know? Yeah. Well, why is the Ding Dang Ocean blue? You want to know? Well, I looked this up for us. And because light can only penetrate so far through water, what gets kicked back are the blue wavelengths. So the reds get absorbed by the water. And I also, as long as I was noodling around on the internet, looked up, what does the devil in the deep blue sea mean? And it's an idiom that means to be in a real pickle. And the phrase was once between the devil and the not longer wavelengths, such as red and orange sea. But that just didn't stick. That is not true information I just gave you. It was very stupid. Okay, anyway. When it comes to bleach, Mm -hmm. which you can also see through, correct? Mm -hmm. How is it made? Because I didn't know until obviously very recently when I came to tour the lab that it was like... Like it was electrically made. I had no idea. So, and h- how was this discovered? Like, where does this come from? So, it actually um, came, you know, it was discovered quite some time ago. Um, it's a rather old, um, old chemistry. And it started um, even back in the late 1700s. It was discovered by an individual, and I'm just going to butcher his name. But I'll, I'll try okay. it anyway. <laughs> a French gentleman um, in Paris. Um, it was discovered by an individual named Claude Louis Berthollet, and the last name is B-E-R-T-H-O-L-L-E-T. Berthollet. Um, he had isolated the compound and initially, actually, repositioned it to to work in textile bleaching. It immediately went its oxidative properties, its bleaching properties were immediately recognized as, as something that could be used in, in uh, treating textiles. And this was all the way back in the, the late 1700s, 1785. Of course, I needed for myself a visual image of this Frenchman. And in every old-timey engraving of him, he looks kind of like Benjamin Franklin's less attractive half-brother, but his eyes are always shifted out of frame, looking away as though he just caught two people gossiping about him between bites of a fruit galette. Anyway, he was a respected French scientist who left us with a legacy of much better laundry practices. Now, if you listen to the Roman archaeology episode, you will remember in what is now Italy, people used to pay professionals to dip their togas in urine for cleaning. So, merci, Bertrolet. Anyway, By the late 1800s, scientists, including a German guy named Robert Koch, who realized that bleach killed bacteria, scientists all agreed that it was germs, actually, and not airborne ghosts that caused pandemic disease outbreaks. And thus, municipal water disinfection began. So I found one quote from Keith Christman, who is the director of Disinfection and Government Relations in the Chlorine Chemistry Council. I bet he doesn't even know. He's a disinfectiologist, but he has said that the filtration and disinfection of drinking water has been responsible for a large part of the 50% increase in life expectancy of the last century. So if you're bummed out about 
having to save for retirement, just blame it all on water disinfection for keeping us alive. That's very grim. Honestly, thank you, water disinfection systems, because I just want you to know I got sidetracked reading about an 1854 London cholera outbreak and exactly where all of those cholera ghosties came from and what they do to your bodet. And I need not share it with you, but I will tell you that I was eating while also researching and I continued because I love you. Now, where else has bleach been? One of my favorite little tidbits with respect to how like it's long history and kind of what the funny places it ends up is it was used by the Apollo, the Apollo missions to um, disinfect the um, spaceship cabin after the, the astronauts returned from space. And I believe it was also used as part of its, its water system inside the spacecraft to ensure that the astronauts had n- not contaminated water on, on board. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's been to space yeah, from it's the been sewer to space. It's yeah. a pretty good journey. <laughs> It's like started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Uh, you know, all the way from like from some lab in, <laughs> in, in Paris, all the way to space. So Clorox started in Oakland in 1913 by a Scottish-American couple. And Annie Murray had the idea to give out diluted samples at the grocery store she worked in. People went nuts for them. They're still based in Oakland. And when I was growing up in the Bay Area, the company sponsored the cheap seats in the Coliseum. And it's still perhaps my favorite corporate pun ever. This section in the A's games were called the Clorox bleachers. So good. So it gradually made its way into space and then under your sink. It was around the 70s and the 80s, 1970s, 1980s, that it started becoming available as a um, ready-to-use cleaning product. And, um, you know, it's been used in laundry. Um, It's used widely um, as one of the most versatile and powerful disinfectants. It's a great cleaner and shows up in a lot of really surprising places. I think one of the biggest misconceptions around bleach is, is, is just the variety of places that it's used that are important to really our health, collective health, in ways that many of us aren't even aware of. If it's doing really awesome stuff to, to help us. And I mean, like, to give you an example, like, if you brought it up earlier, it's in our swimming pools. We bathe in the stuff um, when we go in it. And that's, you know, that was really cr- critical to um, preventing, you know, the spread of disease in, in, in pools. Um, but most famously, you've the, the um, you know, polio and uh, bleach will take care of that quite, quite easily. Okay, quick aside, when did we start chlorinating pools? Well, in old-timey days, you'd just go to the creek with Ma Paul and swan dive into a cold soup of algae and alive turtles. But around 1900s, people wanted fancier things with fewer sunken logs in them. Now, the Colgate Hoyt Pool, built in the name of a very wealthy donor of Brown University in 1903, had browned some. So funky. And in 1911, they got the idea to try chlorinating it because that had been so effective at stopping disease outbreaks in municipal water. Now, bacteria counts went from 700 parts per million to zero parts per million in 15 minutes after chlorinating it. They were like, boy, howdy, hot damn. That's a lot less alive gross stuff in there. And in case you're planning on swimming this summer, yes, there is a bunch of human pee in pools. But one thing you can do about it is not pee in pools. Anyone. Anyone. Do not pee in pools. If you can drive a car, I know, I know, you can train yourself not to urinate into a communal water supply. We can do this, America. We can do this. Also, shower before you get in a pool, and then shower after. Again, 
while eating. I did some research on why and just trust me on this one, kiddos. Now, if you've been to a pool party and not had cholera afterward, think bleach in some form. One of the things I think really reduce it to, to practice bring it home with respect to your early question of like, how is it made is you'll see a really popular these days are these sw salt swimming pools. Have you seen those before? Yeah, I have. They're, that's exactly how bleach is made. What they, how those salt swimming um, pools work is they, they literally, you know, add a bunch of sodium chloride, table salt to the, to the, um, to the swimming pool. And then they have a device that is plumbed into it that basically zaps it, electrolyzes the water right there, um, electrolyzes the, the chloride in there to make sodium hypochlorite and on the spot. It's really, it's convenient because you know, normally like a pool person would have to go and, you know, adjust the levels and add, you know, add, add to the pool. Is that no pool boy? This is kind of on the spot bleach factory in the pool. It's how those things work. Oh my God. I did not know that. I thought it was just like a, I thought it was like a mini C. So they're like, ah, different bacteria can't grow in this much salt. That's so fast. I didn't know that. Now, how is bleach disinfecting things? So some research that came out only about a decade ago zeroed in on the hows. And according to a study published in Cell Magazine, the active ingredient in bleach causes proteins in bacteria and viruses to unfold in the same way that a fever would fight an infection. Also, it's able to disintegrate the fats in bacterial cell walls. Now, when it comes to drinking water, we've been treating it for over a century and have cut down dramatically, obviously, on infectious disease. Though there are other ways of treating municipal water, like UV radiation, that's being explored. But for folks with weak immune systems, it may not be powerful enough to zap all the baddies like chlorination is. Now, what about superbugs? Are we just cultivating one that is going to laugh in the face of bleach? There's no chance of antibiotic resistance with with bleach. Um, at least nobody's observed it ever in in the history of it. Whereas mm -hmm. you know you hear of um, certain bacteria becoming resistant to certain um, bacteria out there. There's a lot of those hospital acquired diseases are um, are can't stand no chance against bleach, and it's, it's used there to treat treat. Um, we have outbreaks of like something called MRSA, this um, staph, this little bacteria that's quite resilient against particular types of, of, of ant antibiotics, and, and bleach is just wonderful at eliminating that. And same with Ebola? Yeah, it'll, it does the same thing there as well, too. So like Ebola is a virus, and, and bleach will go in there and rip the guy up, rip, rip it apart, and it's quite efficacious um, for that. In fact, uh, Clorox bleach was the only commercially available product that's, that has undergone that, that testing is improved, approved for heaven forbid that it's ever used for controlling such a thing. What is the difference between cleaning, disinfection, and sterilization? Those are different words, right? Yeah. So cleaning, again, is about soil removal. You can actually clean something and have it have the appearance of being, um, have great appearance, but there, there, there can be a lot of bacteria left behind. You know, these bacteria are things you can't see under normal conditions. A sanitizer and a disinfectant and a sterilizer, that, that, those are kind of key words with respect to how well the product works against under certain test conditions. For example, all of our products that make these disinfectant or public health claims um, undergo 
um, rigorous testing. We produce data that's reviewed by the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency. They look at that, and when we pass and do well in that, we're able to make those claims. The term disinfectant, sanitize, or sterilize are, are regulated terms by the EPA insofar as how the, the, the breadth of microorganisms that the, the product has been tested on and, and how effective it is on those tests. Okay, I look this up, and the EPA says, yes, cleaning is the process that physically removes debris from the surface area by scrubbing, washing, and then rinsing. It can be accomplished with soap and detergent and water. A sanitizing product kills 99.9% of the germs identified on the label. A disinfecting product kills nearly 100% of germs identified on its label. This can take a few minutes of contact with the surface. But what is happening with that 0.01%? What's going on there? Why does it usually say 99.9? Is that just a legal thing that you have to put that like is, a point? <laughs> yeah, so 99, those terms come through, uh, that's the level of which the product is able to kill the bacteria for which it was it was tested against. And what the, those levels are set against what is believed to be efficacious from a public health standard. So if you're if you sanitize, you remove 99.9% of of microorganisms. You've disinfected 99.999. At some point then some of those things become less and less meaningful from a consumer standpoint. Just in case you're reading a label that hard. How does bleach lighten things? If you throw it on some sheets, or maybe if you have a black shirt that you splash it on intentionally, listen, reverse tie-dyeing is a thing, and it's what goths do at summer camp. Okay? Don't judge me. Anyway, how does it lift color like that? Yeah, so um, so the brightening and, and, and cleaning, so there's, so there's two, just a bunch of different things that are happening. Um, when you are brightening a stain, so let's say you have... Like one of my favorite things to do is, I don't know about you, but I, I, drink, I drink a lot of coffee and I've got this uh -huh. little coffee mug that has a bunch of coffee stains in it. And mm -hmm. um, if you just take a little bit of bleach in there and it'll just takes care of that coffee stain just like magic. It's, it's ridiculously awesome how well it removes that stain. Mm -hmm. um, and you rinse it with water and you're good to go. Um, how bleach works there is the molecules in stains um, have kind of like a connectivity, a molecular kind of connectivity among it that that are unique to the color that you see. And um, what bleach does is it um, is it goes in there and b breaks that connectivity. It's almost like snipping the electrical wire on for a you know for a light bulb. Um, the the molecules break apart and are just unable to make that color anymore. Um, and then those those broken molecules are lifted away um, because they're more soluble in water, and they they come out. So not only does it remove the stain from a you know fundamental color standpoint, but the rest of it just uh, goes gets rinsed away with the water that you have. P.S. I had a Latin teacher in high school, the amazing Ann Bicio, and one day to be helpful, we cleaned her ancient stained coffee mug. The inside looked like a rusty cave, and it was a Herculean effort, let me tell you. But I wish I'd known this trick. Anyway, and PCO, rest in peace. I hope you're sipping coffee with Jupiter. And I'll be honest, I not only typed Zeus first before I remembered that Zeus is the Greek one, but I also misspelled Zeus every single time. You've just heard me say it. Anyway, clean your crusty mugs, rinse thoroughly, and then raise a shimmering toast to Anne Bicio, a great Latin teacher. 
She was really good. I saved Latin. What did you ever do? You got to try it. It's just like, um, you know, you want to rinse it after you're done. Um, but yeah. it's just magic how well it, it, it gets that, it'll get that stain out. You have like a brand new cup. <laughs> so that's for stains. For brightening is a little bit, brightening um, that kind of like shock your eyeballs looking at that bright white. Um, so th there's two parts to it. There's like getting the stain out effectively. And then there's also um, the part about working with the detergent to make sure that the detergent is working well also on, on your clothes I'm talking about. Um, and I think of like, you know, the whitest whites, the brightest, brightest whites. Detergents contain ingredients in there that, that work with uh, the light, the sunlight, and it makes those clothes look a lot brighter. This part is so weird and cool, and during the tour, we all gawked at various white t-shirt samples under different lighting conditions. It was like the Wonka factory, but for laundry. They absorb like the, the visible light kind of a little bit on the yellow side, and they spit back a blue light. Um, and that, that gives, the, gives the appearance of it just looking much more on the bright end of things. It's kind of like similar to how like if you look at an incandescent light bulb, and then you compare that mm -hmm. to like a fluorescent light bulb. A fluorescent light bulb just like tack on white, a really, really bright white. It increases the color temperature. Whereas the incandescent light looks a little bit yellow. The, um, the laundry detergents, they have these ingredients in there that kind of shift it over into that fluorescent light looking thing. It's so bright. In addition to just, you know, eliminating those stains, you know, snipping the, snipping the stains up into things that can be washed away by the water, it also works with the laundry detergent to make sure that the that the detergent is doing this, its magic as well too. Is there any flim flam that you would like to debunk? Any myths about bleach that really annoy you? <laughs> um, I think that the big one was there's there's no chlorine in bleach. We call it chlorine bleach, but that's really just sort of a historical thing. Um, mm -hmm. There's no chlorine in it. I, um, and that goes back to what we talked about, like, you know, oxygen and water and oxygen gas. Um, it's such a wonderful thing. And I, I, it, it irks me that it gets burdened by its, its upstream cousin that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all have that upstream cousin that taints the family name. Wards, you know who I'm talking about. The one who occupied the family land with a shotgun and charges us to mow the lawn. But we love him anyway. Are there any myths about it being harmful to the environment that annoy you or it being... Yeah, you know, it, it it's, it's a very safe product to use, um, you know, like... Just wish I'll back up, you know, like any any household products, you, you want to use it as directed. You can mm -hmm. always abuse anything to, to the point of, of it being harmful. But use when used as directed, it's it's very safe. It's been used for, you know, over 100 years. It starts from salt with some electricity. Um, and then through its use, it goes back to salt. It's processed through the you know, municipal water system and otherwise. So it gets a bad rap on that, on that level that doesn't, doesn't deserve whatsoever. So by the time bleach is done doing its dirty work, it's just broken back down to water and salt. What? Also, when you spray it first on the counter, you can leave it there to kick some bacterial and viral asses for like five to ten minutes, depending on your counter. I didn't know that. I always just wiped it right away. You just leave it there, let it do its thing, and then you rinse it off. Anyway, when it goes down the drain, the sodium hypochlorite breaks down like 95 to 98%, they said, into salt and water. And then that remaining 3 to 5% is either removed by sewage treatment or it reacts with stuff in your pipes and is consumed before it even reaches sewage treatment. I didn't realize that it could shapeshift like that depending on what it comes in contact with. And then it just turns back into the thing it started as. 
What? Also, this part totally blew my mind. I was like, no. And what about the smell of bleach? I learned on the lab trip that the more bleach you smell, the more it's kind of busting up cell walls. Is that true? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So it's like the bleach, you know, the bleach smell is, is um, our consumers, um, um, a, a lot of them love it because it's, it's a good indication of coming into a clean you know, bathroom. I can I can tell you nothing better than going into like at the ball game and going into the bathroom, and if you smell bleach in there, it's like okay, okay, we can go in or the restaurant. That's that's a really good sign. I'm just knowing how well how well it works at disinfecting and um, that 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 smell. Your it is it is the smell of of uh, the bleach kind of fragmenting up the 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 things that comes in content. That is a little bit what, of what you're smelling, um, and that's a that that's a nice cue that it's done its it's done its thing. Is there anything that you know of in the natural world that kills germs and viruses? Like bleach, or is there just like no comparison when you've got like um, chemistry? Well, actually, you know, this is this is something that um, I didn't know this until I, I got to Clorox, but I'm just totally blown away by it. Is that bleach is actually natural as well too? Your body produces it. Um, your body what? produces it as um, it, it's it's released by certain as part of your immune defense. Um, it's in <gasps> it's in mammals. It's in part um, of it's in seaweed. It's also in, in, in certain fungus as well, too. Um, it will emit a very small amount of, of hypochlorite, hypochlorous, and uh, as part of its, its immune response. So it's, it's actually not that, dis, you know, we're not that disconnected from it. We actually have it in our body probably right now fighting off some, um, in very, very, very small quantities, fighting off um, as part of, part of the immune system. This checks out. I read about it in that study published in Cell. Now, feel free to share all of this at the next dinner party in which there's a gap in the conversation and you're afraid it's going to fill up with politics or gossip about nearby French scientists. And now we're about to ask some of your questions, patrons who submitted for this episode. But before I do, I want to tell you about some sponsors of the show, and they make it possible for me to donate to a different charity each episode. And this week, a donation went to Evidence Action, that's evidenceaction.org, and they run the Dispensers for Safe Water program. And according to their site, globally, about 842,000 people die each year because of unsafe drinking water, sanitation, and hand hygiene. Clorox is partnered with Evidence Action to supply disinfecting solutions similar to the bleach in our homes in support of their Dispensers for Safe Water program in Kenya and Uganda. I took the donation and tripled it this week. So triple the donation will be going to Evidence Action for their Dispensers for Safe Water. And now a few words from other sponsors who are making that possible. Ologies with Ali Ward is sponsored by Squarespace. And Squarespace has been part of my daily life for the last seven and a half years. Ologies might not exist without Squarespace. I had to make a website for this and I was so intimidated. It took me over a year and then one night I was like, you know what? I've heard about Squarespace. I'm going to try it. And now look at us. If you don't think you need a website, guess what? You probably do. Especially if you're an academic, have some place where all your papers are. People can contact you. Anyway, they have so many tools for entrepreneurs. They have Fluid Engine, which is this kind of next generation website design system. It's from Squarespace. It's drag and drop technology. You can use it on desktop or mobile. They also have an asset library so you can manage all of your files from this central hub and then you can use them across the whole platform. They have 
professional website templates. They have designs for every category, every use case, no matter what you need a website for. Get a website, start your business. Look, it worked for me. Ding. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com ologies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. You can do it. You can do it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So is my brain. Here's a thought experiment. Think of all the time that you spend just scrolling on things or not doing the things you want to do. I know, time is the most valuable thing that you have. Boy, let me tell you, I had to learn this over time. You know what helped? Therapy. Therapy can help you figure out what matters most to you and how to prioritize it so that you like your life more. And where I learned that was better help. Because yes, I have been a client. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I know how hard it is to get started. BetterHelp makes it very easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient. It's flexible. You take a quick questionnaire. They match you with a therapist. Instead of just Googling and trying to find someone with an opening, BetterHelp makes it very accessible. And I like that. It's also more affordable than traditional therapy. And you can chat. You can text. You can do video calls. You can do phone calls. For some reason, you are not vibing with your therapist. You can switch at any time. No extra cost. No drama. So let me tell you. Time is precious. Figure out where you want to spend yours. And you can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. So that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies. It's about time. With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. How you doing on that D, that vitamin D? Could be better. I feel you. Some of us are coming out of a winter. I don't know how much outside time you get. I don't know how your vitamin D is dietarily, but I know a lot of people, including myself, especially women over 18, 97% of us not getting enough vitamin D from our diet. Rituals like, how about I help you? They're a clinically backed multivitamin. So skeptics, here's a multivitamin that's like, yeah, we use science to formulate this. I think you're going to like it. Ritual multivitamins are vegan. They're gluten and major allergen free. I also like that Ritual is a female founded B Corp. So they're doing good for the health of people and the planet. Ritual multivitamins are also gentle on an empty stomach. I like that when I open mine, they have kind of a minty essence. I've got Ritual vitamins in my belly right now, to be honest. I take them every day. They have kind of a lava lamp look with oil and beads inside. I also have their melatonin caps at night when I need to go bye-bye Z's. So no more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. And get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash ologies. So start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. So that's ritual.com slash ologies for 20% off. Okay, your questions. Can I ask you some some listener questions? Sure. Okay. Crystal Mendoza wants to know, is all bleach one and the same? And can it truly disinfect all things? Can it kill all bacteria and viruses? So um, it's not all the same. Um, we take great pride in the product. Those are patented technologies um, that we've incorporated in that product. Um, and I'm really proud of that. When I visited, I will say it was very cute how much people working there seemed to dig it. I mean, one of the things that I springs me out of bed every day is um you know it's challenging working working on bleach it's an old it's an old um old chemistry but um the changes you can make in it really affect a lot of folks and you know the daily lives and their daily health and really proud of that 
Jason Goodwin asks, could we expect to see bacterial resistant to bleach anytime soon like we're seeing with antibiotics? It, it kills the bacteria and viruses we have claims for on it. So um, if you're interested in a particular, whether, whether the product um, um, kills this bacteria or that bacteria, check, check the label and you'll find out the specifics there. As part of that review process with the EPA, we have to provide data to prove any sort of claim like that. So it's kind of out of bounds for us to say it does all, but it's mm -hmm. highly efficacious. I'll just say that. <laughs> but check check the label and, and you'll find it there. In terms of antibiotic resistance, there's been no, you know, there's been no indication of it that ever occurring uh, so far. That's cool. Um, yeah. Um, a lot of people, including Danny Cav, Hans Nehamer, Chelsea Carl, Sierra Venus, Bruce Gordon, Allison Hughes, Andrea Marsh, Kelly Bridenthal, and Abigail Huff, asked, why do I like the smell of bleach? It seems like a bad thing to like. <laughs> you know, bleach is part of its long history. Um, you know, I think I, to me, that's like... Uh, um, I can speak personally about it. You know, bleach has a long history. I associate it with um, getting that fresh batch of, of clean laundry um, all the way to my childhood. You know, it's it's. I think it's just for me personally. It's been part of my life. But, you know, maybe by association. I don't know. But I like the, I like the smell of it as well too. <laughs> so, quick side note: I learned recently that your olfactory bulb in your noggin can store memories. So not only is it a straight shot to your hippocampus and amygdala, the parts of the brain that process emotion and memory, but it has its own memory. You don't have to be a neuroscientist to know that. You just have to sometimes sniff shampoo that an ex used and cry in a target about it. Anyway, moving on. This next one was asked by Megan Daw, Katie Cobb, and Ruth Anthony Vernatico. A few people asked, including Azam, what is the deal with color-safe bleach? Azam wants to know, is it black magic? Color-safe bleach is actually a different technology. What? Um, color-safe <gasps> safe bleach is um, based on hydrogen peroxide. You can apply the product directly on, on a, like a coffee stain or um, grass stains and amongst others. Um, any particular stain that the person is after, they can just, just check, the, check the package of what it's good for. Mm -hmm. And um, it delivers some additional, some different benefits. The product has some some fragrances in there that smell great, makes your laundry smell great. It also has uh, brightens your clothes as well too, working with the detergent. Um, but it's it's a different technology. Huh. And Kelly, this kind of brings me to Kelly King's question: Is hair bleach the same as laundry bleach, but in a different form? No, it's different. So, like, this is where you know, like, ble bleach is both a verb and a noun. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, like bleaching your hair, um, it'll lighten your hair. But they use different they use different things for that. They usually use they use a hydrogen peroxide for that. One of the differences between hydrogen peroxide and the um, Clorox bleach, the, as you know, the laundry bleach as you know it. Um, is that they just they work differently on on different things at, at different speeds, um, and so like for your for your hair maybe the you know that that product um, is tuned just right, <laughs> you know, and it's designed for that, and they use hydrogen peroxide for that. Same thing is true for teeth whitening. Pro teeth whitening products also use hydrogen peroxide in as well. This next question also asked by Alexandra and Castro Navarro, Sierra Venus, Megan McLean and Carly Katz. 
A few people, uh, including Mike Monikowski and Anna Talley, asked about ammonia. Um, mm-hmm. Anna Talley says, because of the ammonia in cat pee, if I use bleach to clean near my cat's litter box, will I poison us at all, or is that just flim-flam? Yeah, so, like, no. Um, the you won't have any you won't there's no issues of 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 some sort of exposure like that that said you know like with any cleaning product you don't want to mix cleaning products with one another so you know mixing bleach with with ammonia is is a big no-no in terms of the 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 cats uh, there's nothing to worry there there's nothing to worry there at all small quantities and ron leblanc asked i remember hearing when i was young that you can use bleach to purify water is this true and safe yeah it um and in fact the center for disease control has recommendations on how bleach is used um, in emergency situations what makes bleach important for this is that it's it's uh, widely distributed it's really easy to you know go to the store and, and get some and it's also fairly cheap and can be used for many things in addition to to the to water disinfection, so um, it just takes a couple drops. Um, the Center for Disease Control has specific instructions on it. According to the CDC, to each gallon of water, add half a teaspoon, forty drops, or two point five milliliters of bleach. If the water is cloudy, murky, colored, or very cold, add double the amount of bleach. Let stand thirty minutes before drinking. But yes, it can, and in fact, um, kind of goes back to um, that you know the, the salt pools and the how bleach is made. Um, you'll see there are some there are some camping um, uh, water purification kits out there that um, you bring along a little salt and with some batteries and and oh. um, you can electrolyze electrolyze um, the the brine to to get you a little bleach to to add to your water to make it potable. And kind oh of dubious situations. Yeah. That's some serious DIY business right there. And you can find kits like these at camping stores, probably at doomsday prepper birthday parties. I'm guessing on at least one of those. Anyway, this next question was also asked by Natalie Krinklaw, Diane Stersenik Dean, and Isabel B. Holper. Emily Foisy said, I had a contractor recently tell me that bleach does not kill mold. Is this true? And why doesn't it kill mold? And then the next person asking a question was Isabel B. Holper. This says, what makes it the kryptonite for mold? Or is that flim flam? Can bleach kill mold? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it can kill mold. And in fact, it's actually r- routinely used by, by roofers um, uh, to, uh, to remove um, mold off of, off, of, off of roof. So it not only helps with the removal, but it, but it can kill it as well, too. Um, yeah. It can be when when used as as directed. There's um, um, we have a product called Outdoor Bleach, um, which is used to great for for doing that. Um, oh, okay. Most definitely, it also kills that that the mold. Um, if we're gonna kind of um, said that that causes athlete's foot as well too. So you know, if you've got people that are suffering from that, cleaning your bathtub and shower with it will um, help. Um, help control that. Several patrons asked this, including Caitlin Carter, Amanda J, Jesse Crast, and Ducks Float. Brian McIntosh says, as an alternative to bleaching a surface to disinfect it, what concentration of acetic acid would one need to be as effective as bleach? Is that vinegar? So is this like a vinegar versus bleach thing? What's the... Yeah. Vinegar is is remarkably ineffective as a disinfectant sanitizer in comparison. Really, um, it, it 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 is. It, it I think it can work under certain scenarios, but not. It is not even the same ballpark with respect to how well it works. Um, not even close. Wow. Yeah, that's funny because I think like there was a Pinterest trend a few years ago where it's just like something dirty, clean it with vinegar. It'll do some, but 
but not uh, not anywhere close. This was a personal curiosity. How do you feel about the Nirvana album Bleach? Is oh, one of your <laughs> that's funny. That comes up every now and then. Um, I, I I love Nirvana. I've always been a fan of them. I was a uh, you know I was born in the '70s, grew up in the '80s, and you know Nirvana came out when I was in high school with its you know Nevermind album, and I always loved that. So it's like, yeah, that's cool. What's the hardest thing about your job? What sucks the most? Is it like the commute or not having the right size lab coat? Like, is there anything that just is the worst thing about your job and or just the worst thing about chemistry or research in general? I think like this goes back to kind of just my own personal inspiration. I think the hardest part is also the best part. Um, you know, science or um, science product development, R&D, it's all a process. Um, and it's hard stuff. Um, you know, if it easy, we'd be coming up with new stuff all the time. When you're, when, particularly when you're working on something that has such a long legacy, how do you continue to innovate in that area is, is so inspirational to me that we are continued to innovate in that, in that area. Um, doing the doing the right work, having the conviction to find find those little nuggets in the in the forest and, and getting there. So it's both very hard, but also just incredibly incredibly rewarding. Uh, so it's 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 um, I love it, but it's also like to your point is also the hardest thing. That it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you, do you have any advice for anyone who's uh, either intimidated by chemistry or struggling with chemistry or maybe has run into dead ends on experiments? Any any advice to future chemists? I'd say, you know, embrace the, embrace the curiosity. Science is is not something that is like separate from um, the world. It's part of the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's being out, you know, asking why is one of the most important questions. And to me, one of the most satisfying things. Why is that? Why is the sky mm-hmm. blue? Why is water clear? You know, why does why is this? Why is that? that and, you know, that that's an insatiable thing. Um, and you know, follow that passion. It can come through chemistry, physics, medicine, writing, a lot of different, a lot of different places where it shows up. But you know, like science is to me is is just one output of of just insatiable curiosity, the one way to express it. Do it, have fun. <laughs> it's cool stuff. What's your favorite thing about your job? Um, my favorite thing about my job is uh, working with the folks here um, at Clorox. We've got a small team of folks that uh, design products for millions of people, and it's a tight team. This stuff doesn't all come together um, on any any individual's back. It's all of us working together to make it happen and doing great science and you know making great great products that that can. Um, I literally change the lives of people out there is just one of the most inspirational and fun things to do. Love it. Oh, so you love your coworkers. Well, thank you for making the world a, a less germy place. Every time I go into a hospital, I'm very glad that there's not C. diff everywhere and, and yeah. Ebola and flu. Thank you so much. I literally look at bleach so differently now. <laughs> That's cool. So ask some smart people some stupid questions. And if someone offers you a lab tour, you should take it. It's kind of like backstage access at a concert, only usually no one's on drugs or taking selfies. And thank you again, Clorox. Now, if you want to regale your friends and family with more facts about bleach, you can go to factsaboutbleach.com. It's just sitting there waiting for you. Now, this episode was a 
kind of a rare pitch from a company, but it truly interested me and charmed me. And I was like, I want to share this. So I'm glad I could share some of this stuff with you. Um, Next week, we're going to hear all about coral and oddly coral bleaching, which has nothing at all to do with bleach. So we're going to dive into that next Tuesday. Now, to follow along socially, we're at Ologies on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Allie Ward with one L on both. Ask questions for ologists at patreon.com slash ologies. You can join for a dollar a month. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Ologies Podcast. Thank you, Aaron Talbert and Hannah Lippo for all the admining you do there. Thank you, Bonnie Dutch and Shannon Feltis of the comedy podcast You Are That for being merch queens. And if you just like wonderful ladies with mouths like sailors and quips like your best friends from college, go listen to You Are That. They're amazing. Um, thank you to Jarrett Sleeper of the Mental Health Podcast, My Good Bad Brain, for the editing help and of course to the electric current that runs through these salty waters Stephen ray morris for stitching all these clips and bites together each week the theme music was written by nick thorburn of the band islands listen to them okay each week you know i tell you a secret and this week's secret well it's one bonus fact that you should wash your sheets weekly and even more often if you sleep nude because let's just say underpants mean cleaner sheets so bonus fact in there also i downloaded this app called Plant Nanny to help track water consumption. And it's a digital plant. You have to water throughout the day by drinking water yourself. And I realized, wow, I care more about this digital plant's health than my own. This is a real eye-opener. Also, it took me at least five minutes to choose a style of pot to put my plant in, even though the pot doesn't exist. And I can change it anytime. Anyway, Clorox may have paid me to learn about bleach for a day, but I only agreed because it was some legit, cool, fascinating science. But Plant Nanny did not pay me a dime. Also, my plant is dying today. I have to go water it. Speaking of water, please promise me don't pee in any pools this summer. I believe in you. Okay, bye-bye. Pachydermatology, homeology, cryptozoology, lithology, nanotechnology, meteorology, Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.